All right, welcome to this week's Nitty Gritty Podcast. We are talking about seller conditions and why your smart friends are selling now. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to the Nitty Gritty Podcast. This is me, Matt Beret. I'm here with Tom Krieger of the Tom J. Krieger team. Episode 25, we are talking about seller conditions and why your smart friends are selling now. So Tom, you do a lot of listings, okay? Probably more than you do work with buyers. Yeah. Um, I work a lot with buyers and do a small amount of listings. It's vice versa for us. So in the last couple of months, you know, the market has drawn up with regards to the amount of listings that or homes that are there for sale. Okay. What are you what's the conversations you're having with people who are looking to sell their home now? How are you getting them to get off the ledge and actually put the sign in the yard? Well, you know, it's very interesting because there's a, it's really a dichotomy of what's happening in life right now. Okay, we have only about ten percent of the normal amount of inventory as of today than we normally have in our marketplace in Tucson, Arizona. Okay, so we have an incredible amount of buyers out there that are wanting to purchase homes. We have sellers that are a little reluctant because unfortunately they don't understand the benefits of selling and the amount of money that they could make as the equity within their home. And they're also unaware of the way they can get their home sold, have an easy transition out of that home into a new home. What sellers see nowadays is, well, okay, great, I'll sell my home and I'll, you know, I'll make $500,000 equity in my house, but where am I going, right? Yeah. Well-seasoned agents, agents that are in the know, are starting to sit down with the sellers and saying, look, it, here are some of the terms and conditions that we can ask to rent back. We sell the home, we rent back for three months. Well, why would I want to rent back? Well, let's look at this. Builders are building, it's taking anywhere from six to eight to 10 to 12 months. What about if we enter into a new build contract for you, we get four, five, six months into the build contract, now we put your house on the market, now you get an accepted offer, you rent back for another three months, that rent of your home is done when you can move into your brand new home, so you're not homeless. That's one way that we're trying to express to sellers why they should put their house on the market. Mm -hmm. Another aspect is, that sellers who are selling now are looking at, maybe I should just grab all my equity and rent for a while, right? Yeah. We're seeing a big influx into the marketplace for investors that are coming in that are buying investment properties and then looking for tenants. So you can marry those two together. You can marry the seller together with the investor the seller can grab all their profits and they can sit and wait for this market to slow down a little bit. So those are some of the things that we're bringing to the sellers why they should put their house on the market. Oh, no, I, yeah. and it makes completely sense. The rent back thing, working with buyers, you know, we've seen that a lot too, is in, in, the, in the remarks that the seller is willing to sell now but wants to rent back for two, three months. And I understand that because, you know, they've got to find somewhere to go. And a lot of times they need the money from the sale of the house to then move forward in the next purchase. Yep. Uh, and they don't want to do those contingent types of sales, right? Correct. So, so one of the things you mentioned was the benefits of selling now. So um, 
you know, besides the renting back, what are the specific benefits of today's market? What can a seller expect and be the benefit for selling today with us? Well, like we had stressed earlier in, in your in my answer to you, is that they can get their rent back. So they can also ask for things and concessions like, hey, I want you to remove your appraisal. I want you to remove your home inspection where you're coming at me to do these rinky-dink things. You're buying an, you know, a home that's used. You're not buying a brand new home. So there are going to be rinky-dink things. I don't want you as the buyer coming back and asking me to paint the floorboards, mm -hmm. okay, stuff like that, pull the weeds in the yard, all right? So the sellers can be a little bit more picky, if you will, on what they're willing to do. Now, if you've got a defect, a major defect in a house, like your HVAC isn't working, obviously as a seller, you're going to want to do that. But pricing your home competitively right now as a seller, the benefit is, is you're going to get more offers on your property and you should be able to walk your buyers up to generate a really nice equity position at the close. Yeah. Right? No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So let me touch on this. We've we are seeing, um, you know, in your listings and my listings, we, and at most agents' listings now, we're seeing multiple offers. Correct. Um, you know, I think there was one property here in Tucson that had like twenty-seven offers on it. Okay. Yep. It's getting bananas. We can agree to that. Yes. What's the conversation that you're having with your sellers when they list with you and, you know, the open house and the end of the weekend, they've got 10 to 15 offers to look through and some of them are going to be super shiny, yep. you know, great numbers on the page. What's the conversation that you're having to, you know, not burst their bubble, but just bring them back down to earth again and say, look, it, this is the realistically what these numbers are all saying. What are those conversations yeah. like? So the first conversation is when we talk with a seller, how we're going to market the property. Okay, so we're going to have a lead time to market the property. We want to create as much interest in the property, excitement, because there's not a lot out there, right? Supply and demand. So we are going to do something like a coming soon. That's the vernacular that we use to say to the real estate agents out there who hold most of the buyers, hey, we got a house on the market here. It's going to be coming on. We want you to preview the house and then get your offers ready. We're going to hold it open on a Saturday and a Sunday, and then we're going to respond to the offers by Tuesday. So in the scenario that you led up with the 27 offers, okay, when all those offers come in, you've got time now to look at those offers. And some offers are going to be way over asking price because some agents have gotten to the point where they know they're writing an offer that's going to be way more than it's going to appraise for, but they want to be the first in the door and then let the appraiser do the negotiations for the uh, agent. So we're smart that way. And we're bringing to the, to the sellers, look at this may be 65,000 over asking price, but it's not going to appraise and they're only have 5% down. So the appraiser is going to negotiate your price down. Here is a buyer that's a cash buyer. They're at asking price. They're going to close in seven days and let you rent back for three months. Now that's a much better offer than the one that is 65,000 over. You may have one that is 50% borrowed money, 50% down payment money, is willing to waive the appraisal and willing to waive a home inspection, providing the defects are less than $3,000. That is a pretty good offer. You may have somebody that can close in a week at asking price and the seller needs to be out in a week, that would probably be the best offer for the seller. 
So we lay them out. We we take out the the ones that you know they're they're too pretty. Okay, the offers are too pretty, and so we set those aside, and we get the four or five offers with the seller, and then we sit down and we say, this benefit will uh, satisfy this need. This benefit will satisfy that need. This benefit will satisfy this need. And before you know it, we find one or two that satisfy three or four needs. And then it's just, okay, which one of these look the best? Yeah. And then the seller pulls the trigger. Right. So taking time with the seller, understanding the seller's needs too. That's very important. Like you said in our last episode, when you're working with buyers, to have a consultation with them. Why do you want to sell the home? Is it just about the money? Mm -hmm. Okay, some people it is, it's just about the money. Other people, it's like, we've outgrown our home. Our home's too much for us to take care of, all the kids have gone, yeah. okay? When you understand the seller's needs, then you can bring these contracts on the property to the seller and point out, remember our conversation? This is what you were looking for? This gives you eight out of the 10. This one gives you seven out of the 10. Yeah. It's a little more money. Yeah, so it's not all about the price. No. It's all about the the conglomeration of the terms you know yes. do and they, the needs and, of the and seller, the needs of the seller. Yeah. again like you mentioned that extended close or the close and the rent back if if there's a buyer out there that ticks those boxes their price may just be the asking price correct but the rest of the the terms suit the seller's needs yeah that makes sense i've also had buyers offer to pay for the moving of the seller Oh, wow. Yeah, so the sellers can go on vacation. The buyers will have the movers come in and move everything out. Now, that's usually negotiated with the agent. And the buyer's agent oversees that. But they'll have everything packed up and moved into the other house. So when the sellers come off a of vacation, they're in their new house. Smart. So I've heard, I've heard that being done, yeah, too. Out of the box. Yeah, so very again, out of the box. Doing other things to ease the pain of the seller. Right but make the buyer win. Exactly. Very, very smart. Now, it's real important also when you're working with sellers to know the inventory out there in not only the resale market, but new, new construction market. You're aware that right now these builders are almost auctioning off their properties, right? So you have to be real versed at what's available for your sellers out there because you don't want to make your sellers homeless. Again, find out what their needs and their wants are. And a lot of times, sellers have no idea that they can sell their house, still live in it, watch their home get built, and then move right out of their existing home into their brand new home. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Or you could have the domino effect. We've had this before where like three transactions, this seller will sell, this buyer will buy, this buyer needs to sell, and that buyer needs to buy. Okay? Being competent enough, explaining to your seller, this is a domino, but there is not the fall-through exposure to all of these buyers, mm -hmm. okay? A lot of people go, well, what does that mean? Well, if you have a domino effect, if the first domino doesn't fall, the rest of them won't fall, right? Yeah. So it's real important to share with your sellers, we may have a situation like this where a buyer is buying somebody else's house and that person's buying your house and you want to build a new house. Well, guess what? I will accept this offer based upon these dominoes, but I want to rent here until these dominoes start to fall. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing. Now, let's get you back to the podcast. So again, it's understanding 
it's understanding the levels and the depths of real estate, you know, contingencies and contingencies. I know I did one last year that had like four contingencies behind yep. it. You know, they needed to sell and buy and sell and buy. And, and it was across state lines. It, you know, it all went through. But you've got to understand it. And, and I have those conversations with the agents in the other town states representing those different homes mm -hmm. and, and stay in communication. So let me ask you one thing. With... With a seller who agrees to sell, they sell their house, and let's say, for example, they make $150,000 off the sale of their home. Yep. What are you seeing sellers do with that equity? Well, some of them are downsizing. Okay. So some of our, our seasoned citizens, as I like to call them. Older members of the parish. Like I am. Okay. Yeah. So they, um, they're like downsizing. I don't need this four-bedroom, four-bath home. I want something, maybe two bedrooms with a den. They're looking at 55 and above communities, okay? There are some, some of them are actually looking to move right into assisted living centers. Some of these assisted living centers are pretty nice. You don't need to be totally handicapped, Okay, or in special needs in order to move into these places. Some of these are just the meals are done. It's almost like dorm living. I, okay, sign so, me up. Yeah, really, I'm ready about to go there myself. But so we're seeing that. Okay, we're seeing people downsizing. That's why they're selling. All right. So having an understanding of what's out there for those sellers to move into. That's one of the things we're seeing. Another thing we're seeing is that sellers want to take their equity. And they want to rent and they want to take that equity in some places it's a million dollars, $500,000. And they're going to say, we're going to invest this in a, a rate of return, take that money and we're going to use that money to go traveling. Oh, okay. You know, now we've just got, or we're getting over this COVID, right? So what are people looking to do? Get out. Get out. Yeah. It's very evident right now in the Airbnbs. If you check the Airbnb market right now, you can't rent a place anymore. I was just listening to a report out in New Jersey, out on the uh, coast, and in, and in the Hamptons too. People are paying $30,000 a week to stay in some of these houses because they just need to get out. Now that's out of my budget, okay? What I'm trying to sh say, though, is that people really want to travel. And I think we're going to start seeing people selling, taking their equity, and going traveling for a few years and maybe renting until our market calms down. I do not see our market dropping. We are not doing a 2008 or 2009. What we will see, though, is a slowing down in the market within, I think, eight to 10 months right now. That's my belief, okay, that we're going to slow down. And at that point, we're not going to have 10, 12, 20, 30 offers. We're going to have a normal market where the house stays on the market for two to three months before it gets an offer. And then there's more negotiations and the buyers have a better chance of being realistically realistic. And realistically, the sellers aren't going to make these big profits. So smart friends right now for me, and I know for you, they're selling their house and grabbing as much as they can out of it. And then they're taking that equity and doing the couple things I talked about. They're also with the lower interest rates are able to buy up, okay? So what we're seeing is the millennial buy sellers that have already bought a house and are moving up now are getting four or five bedrooms and they want their own private office. Why? Because people are working from their house. So they're staying in their house. Now, you know, some of the people I know, they're having two offices within their house, plus extra bedrooms for the kids and for the in-laws to come. And that seems to be the way we're going. I don't think we're going back to the old office space anymore. No. So we're starting to see bigger homes built, but more functional homes for families and for people to work out of. Yeah. So let me ask you one last question before we wrap up here. Yep. With, with the market being in such high demand, not enough homes out there to purchase, yep. 
sellers who are thinking of selling and capitalizing on the equity or renting, why should they use an agent like us instead of going for sale by owner? Wow. It's very interesting. I'm glad you asked that question, Matt. You know, who looks for, for sale by owners? What buyers look for for sale by owners? Well, from the buyers I've known and worked with who are using platforms like Zillow or Realtor.com, they're just looking for a house, especially in this lower market. You know, they're, they're finding these homes on Zillow and stuff like that, but they don't know if it's a for sale by owner or if it's a uh, agent represented sale. So the buyers are finding these homes, but myself as an agent isn't really looking at a for sale by owner. I'm looking to work with somebody who is thinks like I do, can negotiate like I do, knows the legalities of the sale of a home like I do. So that's why, you know, I'm looking at working with realtors who are listing homes. But also there's not a lot out there right now. So is it really advantageous for a seller to try and represent themselves in a market that's as hot as this? Well, in in one way, I would say it is advantageous for them because they feel comfortable that they're saving money. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it, they're not. See, people who are looking for for sale bonders are looking for a deal. They think they're going to save 6%, and then they want even more off the price, right? right. Yeah. And then what? who does the for sale by owner market to? Well, generally, I've, from for sale by owners I've met, they're not doing a lot of marketing. No, they, they rely maybe on Zillow, who sells that to another agent. Yep. They may rely on Realtor.com, which are good sites, don't get me wrong, or Homelight, um, Sold.com. There's a lot of platforms out there for people to look at, correct? But are those people qualified? Do they know what's happening in the market? Do they know how to draft a contract? Do they know where to go for title? Do they know about homeowner's insurance? Do they know about home warranties? Do they know about appraisals? Do they know about down payment assistance? I mean, there's on and on the items that we as real estate agents can help our buyers with. As a for sale by owner, you can't help the buyer with that. So the buyer's just coming in for one thing. I like the house, but I don't want to pay this much money, mm-hmm. okay? We as real estate agents have probably 95% of the buyers that are out there the buyer pool that the seller can draw from is greater than a for sale by owner pool of buyers. So if you are a seasoned individual and you've sold a half a dozen or a dozen homes, maybe it's good. First time for sale by owner, you're probably not gonna make the amount of money net net in your pocket because you're not attracting and you're not finding those highly qualified anxious to buy type of buyers because they're working with the real estate agent. Yeah. And by the way, they can't get off of work. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And they're on the weekends. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of the times too, that, you know, for sale by owners, they're, they're, the sales price of their home is generally the Zestimate or whatever Zillow is telling them their home is worth, which we have found out isn't always accurate. Garbage in, garbage out. And then the buyers are coming in and saying, well, Hey, if you're not having to pay these real estate fees, you know, let's add up what that 6% is. Well, then let's take that off the price because you're saving that. Yep. And then there's repairs on top generally. And, and it goes just so awry. So for, for sale by owners that I've worked with and represented in the past, they've generally netted more after 
paying 6% in real estate fees and having a smoother transaction than they would if they'd have gone by it themselves. And it's, I think it's what, 88% is generally the average that a for sale by owner nets versus if they were to list with a, with a realtor. It, it's bizarre numbers. They never generally sell money. So my, again, you know, just circling back, we're seeing a lot of people who want to sell. But they're also like, well, why would I have to pay you to market my home when it goes on Zillow anyway and it's going to sell? But that's not necessarily happening. What's never talked about are the legal complications. When the buyer comes back a year later and sells or sues the seller because the seller didn't disclose something that they knew about. Because they didn't think they had to. They didn't think they have to. Then These are the ugly things in real estate that we as real estate agents help our sellers not to get into, like not disclosing this or not disclosing that. A lot of times a seller will think, well, if I don't say nothing, it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah until it comes back around and catches you in the backside. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, I've got family members, but attorneys, they're the only ones that really make the money in, in a lawsuit, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I caution all for sale by owners. You know, do your own due diligence. Understand what you're supposed to provide to the to the buyer. Try and negotiate your best offer. If you do this on a regular basis, yeah, for sale buyers can work, but it's not the best way to get your house sold from a legal point and I think also from a financial point. Yeah. Hire the professionals to do the job. Yeah. No, it's yeah. I I, I jokingly say, you know, you don't cut your own hair. So why would well I do, but you wouldn't cut <laughs> no, your own hair. It looks like I do though. Yeah. But you wouldn't try and cut your own hair. You wouldn't try and, you know, complete your own, you know, dentistry. Uh, dentistry. Yeah. You know, you hire a professional. So why try and sell your own house legally? So yeah. great insight. Um, thank you, Tom. If you are thinking about selling your home, if you want more information about the equity that's potentially in a house or the marketing behind it, or we want to sell and potentially rent back, we're thinking about moving, give us a call, reach out to us. You'll get to meet Tom and he can sit down and give you, share all this insight again with you personally. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty Podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.